Shut up and sit down. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Quiet Part Loud podcast. This is episode 139. And before we jump into the episode today, I just want to say a massive thanks for everybody that listened and provided positive feedback and comments about our most recent episode where we talked about the NBA, its social justice practices, how those differ widely when it's a convenient, trendy issue versus something that's going to really impact their bottom line and how they bend and comply when those monetary factors are involved. So if you haven't listened to that episode, you can check it out. You can have a listen to it on our website, which is recently launched. That's uh, qplpodcast.com. If you want to go straight to the podcast page, it's forward slash podcast. Um, You can obviously listen to it on Spotify, iTunes, wherever, and there are links on the website to that as well. So uh, massive thank you, and uh, and I thought it was a really good episode. And with Brooke as a guest, I think that's going to be something that we're going to we're, we're considering doing potentially series on certain subjects, especially with the election coming up. That's a really hot button issue. And there's tons to discuss on that. And, you know, I just like talking to people that are passionate about similar subjects that, you know, don't necessarily have to agree with me, but are passionate. It's the passion that I like. And I thought we, you know, we did really well on the last episode. So that's something we're going to be talking about doing more of potentially in the uh, near future. So stay tuned for that. Um, It's the end of the week. And the reason I wanted to jump on today was because as the COVID cases in the UK, across Europe, across America, in many parts of the world continue to rise, this week was the first week that I actually went back into my office. And I wanted to talk about this because the state of affairs that I witnessed on my to and from journeys to the office in central London were abysmal. The lack of policing or, you know, making sure everybody's complying to what these health regulations need to be was absurd. And the whole thing is really farcical. And I just wanted to talk about it because we are seeing the number of hospitalizations rise. We are seeing the number of cases rise. We're up to sort of mid-July levels, I believe it is now. And as recently as yesterday, they've announced that the effectively 2 million people in the northeast of this country uh, are in full lockdown again. This has now been extended to... Um, Lancashire, Merseyside, the Midlands, and West Yorkshire as a consequence of this increase in cases. And the fear is now that we're going to experience this in London because the cases are rising dramatically here also, and that effectively what we're going to be walking ourselves towards is another national lockdown. Um, There's already whispers about it taking place over the half-term break and having a two-week lockdown, I believe it is, whilst the kids are off of school, so it doesn't interrupt their schooling. But a two-week lockdown is not going to do anything, ultimately. <clears throat> it may it may slow the numbers 
to a degree. But the thing with a virus that you don't have a vaccine for is that as long as it's still alive and people are not inoculated against it, it will continue to ravage through the population. We're missing information. For instance, can it reinfect you? Is it like the flu? Can you catch it again and again and again? And are the strains mutating? Which makes that second and third infection possible. And would a vaccine even be relevant for the strain or strains that we're experiencing now? There's a lot of questions around how to deal with this thing long term. <clears throat> Not a COVID cough. The thing for me is, what can we do about it now? And my journey on public transport for the first time in seven months this last Wednesday, this past Wednesday, was, was shocking. It was shocking at the level of ignorance the population have. So I'm talking directly to anybody that might be listening in the UK or from around the world that has the audacity not to carry and wear a mask on public transport, in public places and buildings, and just has a total disregard for their own and everyone else's safety. The problem is, the ones that are wearing masks, they're concerned about everybody's safety. Not just their own, because a mask stops transmission and contraction, right? At least to a, very, to a significant degree. I mean, if you listened to the last episode, one of the things that Brooks said is that Taiwan have been sort of a pro-mask country. And a lot of Asia has been a pro-mask country since SARS. And viruses like this ran through their countries that weren't as contagious as the as coronavirus the one we're dealing with now covid but they were a lot more deadly and sars killed people i i believe at a much higher rate than covid is but covid is a lot more transmissible right it's a lot more infectious but the severity of the infection is less that's what i mean if you didn't get what i was saying so the far east and you know uh china and japan and taiwan and all of these other countries over there they're pro mask because they've been through this before and they recognize that now even when someone is sick with a cold that may not be some you know pandemic level virus that they mask up they mask up as a as a as a courtesy to other people right and to cut these infections down where we can my my issue here is with the with the indignation of of ignorant people who just don't seem to care or listen or want to know anything about this i mean you know you've got the spectrum right everything's on a spectrum you've got people who think that this is you know completely a hoax it doesn't exist and this is all made up you know you've got people who say this is horribly real and it's real because it was made in a lab and released by china to affect the election so you've got a spectrum of all of this stuff going on i don't play on those level on those kind of outskirts i try to be more in the middle more considered about what we're doing here and i don't care what the percentages are of deaths I don't care that this only harms or predominantly harms old people 
and those that are suffering with underlying health conditions or maybe, you know, I guess underlying health conditions, you know, obesity falls into that, right? But generally aren't healthy folks for whatever reason. It's old age. It's, you know, something that they've, you know, been born with that afflicts them or something that they've done to themselves that's caused them to have underlying health conditions. These are the folks that are most damaged by catching COVID. I don't care about the percentages. I don't care who it hurts. The problem here is that it's around and it is having a detrimental effect on everything. And if we cannot do the simplest of safety procedures as a collective whole group of, you know, a collective group of people in this country, then we are destined to cycle through this again and again and again. And the really interesting thing here for me is the people I saw on the tube and on the buses that weren't adhering to these mask rules were precisely the people who, from a health perspective, would be needed to would be needing to wear them the most because they're the most uh, vulnerable of the population. And I'm talking about older people. I'm talking about fat people. I'm talking about people who are wildly unhealthy, who just have no disregard. But then my my logic kind of comes in, and it's like, okay, well, of course, right? Old people's one thing. But with these folks who are morbidly obese, have clearly never taken care of themselves a day in their life for whatever reason and consequences have caused this destructive action of self-harm, but they have a mentality where they don't put that effort in. So of course those are going to be the people on the large majority of what I've seen that aren't adhering to these safety procedures. And I just think the the indignation of that, when everybody's health is being compromised as a result of that ignorance and that indignation and that selfishness is unacceptable. Now, they say, TFL, the Metropolitan Police Department, government, they all say, well, we've got law enforcement out. We have law enforcement out to monitor this to hand out fines, to, you know, to make sure these procedures are being followed. So when I saw this complete disregard for any of the public health advice of wearing a mask in confined spaces, I went on and I I went to Twitter and I asked TFL what the deal was and provided evidence that a good chunk of my carriages were completely unmasked by the people who were who are in those carriages. And they said, well, we've arrested, or not arrested, but we've cautioned or issued fines to over 90,000 people, and we have law enforcement and enforcement monitors at the most problematic or troublesome areas and stops and stations across the city. My reply to that was, well, the stations that I I was in were... North Greenwich, which is a major pass-through from Stratford and is always busy. Bank, which is one of the most central and densely populated stations that we have in London. And Holborn, which is right down the road. 
So I had to jump on three different uh, underground lines to get to work, and they got progressively worse as I went on in my journey. So there is no enforcement that I can see. There's posters all over the stations saying you can be given a hundred, 3,500-pound uh, fine if you're not wearing a mask. People don't care because they know nobody's there to enforce it, so they're disregarding and not paying any attention to the potential consequences because nobody's holding them to account. And I don't know what the strategy of these enforcement officers or these police officers are, but I don't think that the police officers of this you know, busy, chaotic city should be dealing with people who don't have to wear masks or don't want to wear masks on public transport. Now, one of the other excuses I was giving is that some people are exempt because of health conditions from wearing a mask. Now, I don't know about you guys, but that is one of the most absurd statements that I've ever heard. Because if you are someone who has a health condition that prevents you from wearing a mask, Surely you have an underlying health condition that would be drastically exacerbated by catching COVID. So what are you doing in one of the most densely populated, least ventilated areas of the city? And I mean the London Underground, because it's fucking horrible down there. We have a great subway system, but it's filthy. It is an incubator for spreading viruses. I've witnessed on regular, on regular occurrences, people wiping their nose and then grabbing the tube rails. I've sat in a seat where someone who had got up before I sat down <clears throat> had pissed themselves. I've seen people with their shoes and socks off clipping their nails on the London Underground. So to claim that this is a safe sanitary space is, again, an absurd statement. But how can you be omitted? How can you be exempt from a health and safety precaution when you are already one of the most vulnerable amongst us? I just don't, I can't equate the two. I wish somebody could help me out with this. So if you're suffering from asthma or something like that, you don't have to wear a mask. That's a breathing problem that if you catch COVID, which affects the respiratory system, you're going to probably die. Or the chances of you passing because of that are severely increased, significantly increased. So I don't get that. What other conditions? A heart condition that makes it harder for you to breathe when you've got a mask on? I don't buy that. I, not for a tube journey. These nurses and doctors wear these masks, triple masks, face shields, for 15 hours in a row. And we're giving exemptions for people to go onto a train, a crowded train, who are already vulnerable at, at getting forgetting this disease and suffering from it if they do get it. We're giving them a pass on wearing the, the safety uh, mechanism that would stop some of this transmission from both them giving it and receiving it. What are we talking about here? How can you be exempt from wearing a fucking safety mask? I don't understand it. Somebody's got to explain this to me because I've not heard a good enough justification or explanation as to why we're exempting people with health conditions from protecting themselves against a respiratory virus. Doesn't make any sense to me. So, 
you know, then you see the other folks. There's the dirt bags, the fucking construction working assholes who just think they're big tough guys who don't need to wear it. And, uh, you know, they're, they'll be cool because they'll wear it around their ears, but they'll prop it under their nose or under their chin. And it's like, hey, fuckface, do you know how respiration works? As soon as you've got your nose uncovered, you're vulnerable. There's no point in having it over your mouth and not over your nose. I mean, how dumb are people? Seriously. This is just absurd to me, but I had to talk about it because, you know, we're not hearing anything from the government. We're not hearing anything from anybody about this. And I just think it's time to call account for what really needs to be done. <clears throat> so for me, giving people a pass on medical reasons is ridiculous, okay? You should not be allowed in the subway if, if 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 you know anything about london and for folks in the uk obviously you will but if for anybody that's listening in abroad they they say that within a minute or two of you leaving your front door if you live in london your entire day's journey can be tracked to and from wherever you're going by the amount of cctv cameras and monitoring that goes on in london right they can track you obviously through your phone wherever you want to go or or what have you but for this specific purpose, the reason I'm mentioning it is because this is very simple for me. The rules of engagement, the rules of this game we call life, we call work, we call interacting in society, the rules of that have changed. Fundamentally, they have changed. We know now that there is a virus going around that is not going away because we thought we had it under control. And the moment they relaxed any of the measures, we've seen an increase in cases. People are, as I said at the beginning being hospitalized at a greater rate, and we're back to the case numbers that we were at in sort of mid-July, right? When we were starting to taper this thing down, well, now we're seeing it go the other way, okay? So the rules of the game have changed. It should be a zero-tolerance policy by any public transportation operators that you do not get access to that service if you are without a mask. You should be required to walk into the station already wearing a mask. Having it in your hand is not good enough. Having it in your back pocket or in your purse or in your coat pocket is not good enough. If you enter a London subway station or enter a London bus or get into a black cab or an Uber, if you visit any retail outlet, any grocery store, any gas station, any office building, any public space indoors that has even a remotely high footfall, masks should be required. Zero tolerance policy. If you do not have one, you do not enter, right? It's the no shoes, no shirt, no service type of thing. Because anything other than that is going to keep us in this cycle of shutdown. And the reason that this cycle of shutdown bothers me is not necessarily the number one reason because I have to be in my house. That's not it. This is an economic concern. We are already in such a disastrous place that isn't even fully recognized yet that is only going to be made way worse if we continue to have these rolling or national lockdowns. We cannot take it. The government doesn't have the money. We don't have the money. 695,000 people were made jobless last month. I think they said July and August, or maybe it was June and July, so two months. 
over half a million people jobless. Okay? Let me tell you what corporations are doing right now. Let me tell you what businesses are doing right now. They are scrambling their asses off. Especially if they have a board of directors that they have to adhere to, adhere to and, uh, and show profit for. They are going through, with a fine-tooth comb, all of their employees to see who they don't need. They are in a self-preservation mode right now. And they will be for the foreseeable. Because if you don't bring real value, and even if you do, you might be dispensable. And if you're dispensable, guess what? You're going to be dispensed. On your ass, out the door, go find a job somewhere else or hope you can get on unemployment benefits because we've got nothing for you. Why? Because we have to be as lean as possible to make sure the top of our organization is protected, our profits remain as high as possible, and our returns to our shareholders is as lucrative for them as it possibly could be. They don't give a fuck. If you are a low-level or a mid-level employee in any big corporation, watch your fucking back. I'm telling you right now, there are more redundancies coming. The job market is in tatters. The housing market is in tatters. Our government is in absolute shambles, and nobody seems to be doing anything about it. So corporations are looking at how they can survive. And you know the biggest expense to any business? It's their manpower, baby. It's you. You're the most dispensable commodity. You're a commodity on social media. You're a commodity to your business, to the company that pays your wages, okay? And as soon as that commodity is no longer as valuable to them as protecting themselves against the same fate that you're going to be staring down the barrel of, you're out the door. I've seen so many people lose their jobs over the last five months. And if this next lockdown comes in because these ignorant assholes can't be bothered to wear a fucking mask for 25, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, or an hour, when these doctors and these nurses have been struggling dealing with this crisis back from February and have been subject to wearing these masks for half a day or more, it's unacceptable. I think the severest penalties need to be handed out on a mandatory zero-tolerance first-time basis. I think there needs to be more video security at the entrances. There needs to be more security guards at the entrances. And this is a zero-tolerance policy. If you don't have the equipment, you cannot participate. If we're going to get any semblance of this economy back running again, these are the rules of the game. We cannot have transmissions. We cannot have indignation or conspiracy theories running the day and dictating how and how we don't conduct ourselves in public. You are not a single person in this society. We are a collective. And if we don't operate as a collective, everybody will suffer. So for my journey, I saw probably... I probably saw 60% of people wearing masks. Let that register for a minute. 60%. One in, what is that? Is that two in three? It's about, it's just, just less than that, right? Six in 10 people are wearing a mask. I would say 20% of them are wearing it with either their nose uncovered or their nose and their mouth uncovered. So they're just wearing it around their ears and like wearing it like a fucking chin strap. Like what's the point of that? And then I would say there's probably another 20% who are just not even bothering. And these guys and these women, they have the audacity to look around the tube and give you like funny looks because you're wearing one. 
but this isn't even something that you can address, right? You can't waste your energy on people who are so ignorant that they can't even take their own safety or the safety of others into account whilst they're in, you know, a sardine can traveling to work. What's the point in arguing? What is the point of going up to that person and say, hey, fuckface, do you think you could do the rest of us a favor? Do you see all the other people here that are complying very simply with the basic bare minimum rules? Do you want to be locked in your house again? You can't have these conversations because at the, at the rate you would have to have them to cover the amount of people that are not wearing the masks, you'd have to quit your job. You'd have to quit your job. It's absurd out there, guys. I'm telling you, it is absurd out there. And this was a trial run for me and my team to consider going back into the office on a more regular basis. Out of the question. I'll give you the risk of me traveling once a week, and that is it. And I shouldn't even have to do that. But again, these corporations have bullseye targets on every employee that isn't fully compliant with their rules and their procedures. And all they're doing is towing the government's line. And if you're towing that, you're effectively trying to, you're trying to basically pull a broken down truck up a really steep hill. You're not going anywhere fast. People like Matt Hancock, our health secretary, conducting himself saying our track and trace system is a game changer. I mean, I feel sorry for the man's wife if he calls what this is a game changer. He must be like setting up, you know, on a romantic night. He's like, whoo, baby, we're going to, you know, we're getting into it tonight. And 30 seconds later, he's snoring on her chest with drool coming out of his mouth. That's the type of guy I see Matt Hancock as. Because if he equates this track and trace system, which has been a monumental failure as a overwhelming game changer and a, a, and a you know, a marked success in their overall plan and strategy. Imagine the promises he makes to his missus. She must be one let down lady. But we have incompetence running through and through this government, and we've talked about it before. We've done episodes on this before. But how much are we going to stand for? They're starting to talk about breaking the law on this Brexit deal. Nobody's even paying attention. Nobody's even paying attention. And you've got nothing but lies coming out. Nothing but lies. And I thought that this COVID thing would bring everybody together. It has done completely the opposite. We are so embedded in our echo chambers for any reason that we can find to just be part of a group, part of an identity and, and, and a slogan or something like that. But I'm not risking my health I mean, I'm even considering now whether I continue to go to the gym. The only thing that saves me, you know, from stopping that is that I go at 4.30 or 5 o'clock in the morning and there's nobody else there. There's maybe three people in the gym when I go. So you can actually social distance. But if we're talking about how the gym maintain their cleanliness, let me put them on blast for a minute. Because I'll go in there on a Monday morning to start the week right, get a nice little workout in. And there's no sanitizer, there's no paper towels, there's no nothing. I went in there on Monday to an Anytime Fitness. I went in on Monday and I had to wipe my machines down with toilet paper and water. What are we talking about here? 
What we're talking about is those same ignorant assholes that drive on the, that ride on the tube and on public transport that can't be fucking bothered to, to wear a mask. Well, you've st- you've got some of those people running businesses as well. So you can't even have the faith in those businesses to operate correctly. And therefore you're vulnerable and you're being put at risk. And again, I'm not worried about COVID. Maybe I'll get sick. Maybe it'll be bad. I don't know. The percentages say probably not. The case studies and the evidence that we've got say probably not. But I don't want to take a risk. I'm married. I got a family to look after. My wife runs a business. She gets sick and shuts down. It's not just about you. I wish people would stop for a minute being selfish assholes and think about others for half a minute because there's some accountability you have to take upon yourself to look after you, but also your community. And if you can't do the single simplest measure of protecting yourself and your community, what good are you to us? What good are you to us? Why should you get to take part in this thing? No socks, no shoes, no shirt, no service. Now, it's no face mask, no fucking entry. And don't tell me we can't police this. And don't tell me we can't monitor this because I don't want to hear it. This is a logistical nightmare run by a bunch of morons that all they're, do, all they're interested in is covering their own ass and lasting as long as possible. That's all. We've said it before. They don't give a fuck about you. Give me, a, you know, give me, give me some evidence that they care. All the bailout money went to massive corporations. How much did you get? I've talked about this. The only good thing they did was the furlough scheme, and that's running out. And when that runs out and we get this spike in a second wave, guess what happens? Those corporations and those bosses and those board members, they all look around and say, how many of these motherfuckers do we got to make jobless to save our own asses? You think they're going to go through a second lockdown and keep all their employees? You think the government's going to roll out another 350 billion pounds of support to give to these corporations in a furlough scheme? Absolutely not. That process was rife with fraud. Three and a half plus billion pounds of fraudulent um, fraudulent uh, claims on the furlough scheme. You think the government's going to do that? And even if they did, do you think these corporations would take it? Or do you think they're going to continue to take the opportunity to make their companies as lean as possible and as automated as possible so that they don't need you now or in the future? Think about what's going on. And then think about this every time you see somebody who can't be bothered to take a little mask and strap it around their ears. Because this is what's, this is what's causing a, a lot of this. I get people are fed up and I get people are tired, but Jesus Christ, how is this a struggle comparatively speaking to what else is going on in the world? All you got to do is listen to my last episode to get some context. Things could be a lot worse off, guys. So if there is anybody listening to this podcast that doesn't wear a mask, go fuck yourself. Because you're damaging it all for the rest of us. You are causing the problem that is going to affect everybody. And that's selfish. And if you can't be selfless during this for the sake of everybody's health financially and physically, then what good are you to us?
And why do you get to participate? The rules of the game have changed. And they should be zero tolerance. No questions asked. Put the procedures in place where you can monitor this. It's not about walking around on the street. You don't need to wear a mask in public outside. Unless, of course, you're in like a fucking, you know, packed market or something like that. But if you're just walking down the street or you're in the park or whatever, you don't need to wear a mask. It doesn't work that way. It's inside, in confined spaces. Put a fucking mask on. You should not be allowed in a grocery store. You should not be allowed in a post office. You should not be allowed in an office building. You should not be allowed on public transport at the very minimum. These procedures should have been in place for the last five months. But we can't rely on our government to give us a sound and sensible advice that we need. So it's got to come from people like me or other people that are just seeing what the hell is going on out there, seeing how incompetent everything is being run, and speaking up about what else can be done about it. Because if you think this is bad now, you need some perspective. And you need to understand the, inner, the, the, the kind of the machinations of what is actually going on here. Like, if you've been a part of a company that's already made redundancies through this, you should know. Construction sites were shut down not four months ago. Restaurants will be shut down again. The gig economy will not come back. And we need to... It's all under the guise of getting the, getting the economy going again, right? And I'm all for getting the economy going again, but not propping up false economies. And London, it, London is a false economy in my book. London is a tourist trap, a business hub, and a real estate Ponzi scheme. We do not need 20,000 Starbucks. We do not need 10,000 Pret-a-Manger's. We do not need a Starbucks, a McDonald's, a Cafe Nero, all in the same fucking street right next to each other and walk five more minutes down the road and you get another three of them. We don't need it. What we need to do is prop up real economy and real economy is propped up by small business enterprises, small and medium enterprises. That's what I want to see come back. If a prep goes out of business, I don't care. That barista will find something somewhere else. For sure. But we got to stop propping up this false economy and calling London what it is. It's a business hub, a tourist trap, and a residential Ponzi scheme. From, for foreign investors to hide and wash their money. Okay? Most people come to London as a means to an end. They want to make that money and they want to get out of the city. And that's exactly what the strategy, strategy should be. So let's stop pretending like London is some economy at scale for everybody to take part in because it simply isn't true. And we need to get out of this mindset that if the status quo dies, that we're not going to be able to survive the future. What we need to do right now is make everybody safe so there is people around to kickstart an economy in the future. Because if you've got all these people who are redundant and out of work, where do you think, what do you think they're going to buy? You think they're going to be going to McDonald's and buying Happy Meals? You think they're going to be going to Pret and buying sandwiches? You think they're going to be going to all these different places and spending frivolously on shit that they don't need in the first place? Not a chance. Not a chance. We need to stop. We need to stop propping up bullshit economy and recognize the city for what it is and act accordingly. 90% of the office workers in this city can work remotely. Let them. Their mental health will improve. Their time management will improve. 
their ability to spend recreational money on things will improve because they will save money on unnecessary bullshit like those corporations I just mentioned and being travel poor. Do you think that the Transport for London Corporation has stopped increasing fees for travel? Not a chance. Why? Because they don't give a fuck about you. Just like the airplane companies who got bailed out. EasyJet, we've talked about it before. $600 million in bailout money. Yeah? What happens when another country that EasyJet's flown you to gets put on the quarantine list and you don't have that return ticket home? Your return ticket's in a week from now, but you got to get home tomorrow. You think EasyJet are going to give you a discounted ticket? They're going to triple, quadruple that price because they don't give a fuck about you. This is across the board. So I could go on about this for hours and hours and hours, but all I wanted to do was detail what my trip was like and some of the things that I'm seeing and some of the things I think we need to do because the way it's going now is unacceptable. It's completely untenable and we're all going to suffer as a consequence. And if you think you as a construction worker or you as a you know cleaner or whoever you may be, who thinks they don't have to wear a mask or just are indignant to rules in general, you're going to be the first ones affected by this, both health-wise and economically, because you're probably a low-level worker, and when businesses struggle, those are the ones that go first. So do yourself a favor, put a fucking mask on, Understand a little bit about the economy and what's going on and how this is going to affect you and your family for the foreseeable future and take the steps and measures to put them in place so you're not fucking yourself and fucking the rest of us because it's a really ignorant move. And if there was ever a time where we needed some sort of a community solidarity movement, it's this. But for all those corporations out there that are thinking about getting rid of employees, you need to think twice because you're going to be looked at a certain kind of way if you make everybody destitute except the top 1% of earners in your company because it's the soldiers that do the work. It's not the generals. It's the soldiers that do the work. And more corporations need to remember that. But if this virus keeps going round and round and round in circles, more of these people are going to get sick. We're not going to be able to go to work and everything is going to be perpetually fucked until we get a vaccine. And if you think that I'm taking a vaccine on the first trial rollout, you're out of your fucking mind. I want to see how many people grow third arms and third eyes before I even put a needle anywhere near me with a COVID vaccine in it. So with that, let's put it to bed. Have a great weekend. Follow the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all of that. Um, but you can go to the website and that's qplpodcast.com forward slash podcast. And uh, video is coming very soon. I've got a graphic designer working on an intro, and then we're going to launch the YouTube channel. So there's still things to come. There's plenty of other stuff that I wanted to talk about today, but I think it would just get lost in in sort of, you know, all the other subject matter. And I wanted to kind of, I thought it'd be better just to stick to this. So that's my um, that that's my rant on on the current state of uh, of public transportation and how people are doing their part, or should I say, not doing their part to protect themselves and the rest of us. Uh, from the continued transmission and economic fallout um, of COVID-19. So um, that's it. I'm wrapping. So um, have a great weekend. 
and we'll be back again next week to talk about something else hopefully not this nonsense again so have a great weekend guys um i'm your host daryl it's been a pleasure and uh until next time all the best